Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Um, praise God. This morning, um, we uh, are continuing in our Life in the Spirit series because um, in, at the end of May, we have Pentecost Sunday. So we're going to have a great Pentecost Sunday. And I wanted just to sow some seeds and to prepare our hearts as we approach Pentecost Sunday. And so we've been teaching on a whole series on the supernatural. And now we've begun teaching a series on life in the spirit. And I'm excited about it. Last week, we spoke about purpose and the power for the purpose. We spoke about the wheat and the chaff and all of these kind of things. And today I want to speak to you about the inner man the inward man or the inner man. And um, uh, the, the inner man is, some, there's, you know, when, when you walked in here this morning, there were two of you, and I'm not drunk <laughs> or, you know, or, or squint, but there were two of you that came in here this morning, your outer man, which is your physical appearance, and I could see that. We could, I could see you coming in here this morning, and then the, your inner man as well. And it came in with you. I hope it did. And so I could, your, your outer man is revealed for everyone to see, but your inner man is not that easy to see. It's not that easy to discern who you are on the inside. And I want to talk to you about that inner man this morning. And so um, these two parts one part can be renewed and the other one can't. The outer man is, I'm afraid, perishing. <laughs> and uh, some of us in here know that fine well. The outer man is perishing. Um, but the inner man can be renewed. It can be made new again. It can be recreated. So, um, and God looks on our inner man. He looks on our heart. Amen. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, in verse 14, sorry, in verse 16, it says, therefore we do not become discouraged. And the Amplified Bible says, or spiritless or disappointed or are, are afraid of this. Our outer self is progressively wasting away, yet our inner self is being progressively renewed from day to day. That gives me great hope. I'm okay with the outer man perishing. I'm okay with that because we know what is beyond this life. So this week, uh, a, someone, there was a post that came up. This guy is marketing this poster that shows you the, your life in weeks. Has anyone ever seen that? And, you know, you think um, the Bible says that, man, you'll get three score years and ten. That's how long you'll live. And, but then, of course, you can, you can exceed that, or you may not even reach that. And you think, well, okay, so three score years and ten. Actually, maybe one of the scholars can tell me what that is. Is it seven, 70? Yeah. And you think, okay, a year. Oh, man, I remember when I was a kid growing up, the summers never ended. The years were long. It's like, oh, is, when's Christmas coming? Now, it's like, woof, woof, woof. 
the, and you think years is one thing, but when you see a poster with your life in weeks as dots, it sobers you up. It sobers you up because the weeks are just going like this. And then it says, which version of this poster would you like? Would you like the standard version, which gives you 88 years in weeks? <laughs> or would you like the extended version, which gives you 100 years in weeks? Or would you like the ultra-optimist version, <laughs> gives you 125 years in weeks? And they charge 40 bucks a shot for this thing. And if you want it framed, it's more. And one punter said it wasn't much fun because he was about 60 and seeing just how much time was actually left. And, uh, but most people said that this thing changed their perspective about how they spend their days and their time and how they, how they viewed the fulfillment that they had in life. And so there is a way to being fulfilled, okay? And the way to being fulfilled is to live life in the Holy Spirit, in the Spirit, okay? Every day, a daily walk with the Holy Spirit helping us through every day. He is the helper. That's why Jesus says, I'm going to be at the right hand of the fire, but I'm sending you my Holy Spirit. It's going to help you get through life. One breath of the Holy Ghost is all it takes. One breath in your life to revive dead bones, old bones, any bones. One, one breath of the Holy Spirit's all it takes to breathe life into dead bones. And dead bones are all we'll be if we try and live our lives and earn our way into eternity. It's just too hard. You just grind yourself into the ground trying to earn anything. Life will be dry and unhappy. But the Holy Spirit gives, breathes life into our mortal bodies. And he reveals a new and a better way, a new covenant. Amen? And that covenant sealed in the blood of Jesus. It's an irrevocable covenant. And it was interesting yesterday with, when King Charles was kneeling down and his hand on his Bible you know, he was entering into a covenant there, making an oath. And the Bible says, don't make an oath unless you're willing to keep it. Don't make a promise that you're going to break. You must take these things very, very serious. They're life and death. Amen. And so there's the, a covenant is important. And um, so this covenant gives us life. And the Bible says in the Old Testament, before Jesus came and died for us, there was an old covenant. And the Bible says that the old covenant, the letter of the law, kills us. It kills. It. But the Spirit gives life in the new covenant. So I want to show you from God's Word where that is. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, another verse in the Amplified Bible Verse 6, he has qualified us, making us sufficient as ministers of a new covenant of salvation through Christ, not of the letter or of a written code, but of the Spirit. 
For the letter of the law kills by revealing sin and demanding obedience, but the Spirit gives life. Amen. So, this morning, to kind of try and illustrate that, I've got this chain here. I wanted a bigger chain, <laughs> a more impressive one, but this was the only one I could find. It's still a chain. It would still, still bind you up, and you, you wouldn't be able to get out of it. So, the letter of the law is like a chain. If one of these links is broken, just one, then the chain is broken. Just if one link is broken, the chain's broken completely, okay? And the old covenant, God said to Moses when he was giving the law, he said to him, if you sin, if you willfully want to sin, you will be blotted out of my book of life. That's in Exodus 32. James chapter 2, verse 10 says, you could keep the whole law, but stumble in one thing, one link could be broken. You could do your, live your whole life doing the best that you could, being as, as good as you possibly could be, but if you were guilty in one thing, it would all be for nothing. That's harsh, isn't it? You'd be guilty of all. So the letter of the law is this unchanging standard by which men are judged. And according to this law, nothing can be perfect, okay? By the letter of the law, we're condemned people. We're condemned. Because why? And I know this fine well. We have all sinned, and we've all fallen short of God's glory. Isn't that right? And so if you go then to... And, and just talking about that, you know, this is one of the things I think is going to be the hallmarks of the latter days church. And I'm speaking now just from what I'm, I feel right now is that um, we are going to confess our sins one to another. And we're going to get over the shame of the deep, dark secrets that we have. And it's going to heal the church. And it's going to heal the body. And, and it's like, you know, it's going to be hard. I, I, know, I know there's things coming in, in, in my future. I'm sure you'll know too that we are going to have to, things are going to be brought out. And we're going to have to repent and confess. It's going to heal the church and it's going to supercharge the church. The Holy Spirit is going to honor it. And the church is going to be a place of great healing for people. I really believe that. So Hebrews chapter 7, verse 19 is talking about a new priesthood here. It says there, For the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. The law made nothing perfect, but there is the bringing in of a better hope. So what is this better hope? And if you're here this morning and you feel hopeless, or you're in a hopeless situation, there's a better hope. There's a better way. There's a better hope. And this hope that is spoken about here, it's de derived from the Greek word kratos, which means power. So it's a stronger hope than you could ever have had. A stronger one. And it's the hope of heaven. 
And this hope has been ushered in, not because of the letter of the law or the old covenant, but because of the new covenant. That's why we have this hope. And, and Jesus came from heaven to earth. I love that song, to show the way from the earth to the, you know, the grave to the sky. And he came to do that to give us a better hope. And this better, this, this new covenant brings all of us. And if you're in this place and you're not a believer yet, uh, that's a faith statement. I believe, I believe that you'll discover a better way. And if you have been a believer and you've drifted and you've, you've been a bit of a prodigal, I believe that, there's, that your turning point is close. You might already be in the pigsty and it's like, no, I'm at the end of my rope and now I'm going to come back again. But the, the, the new covenant brings us into light, clearer light, more perfect liberty, more abundant privileges, all of these things. And so praise God for that. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Hallelujah. The spirit brings life. The Spirit must bring some type of life. It has to. It's a life-giving Spirit. But what is given life? Your inner man. That's what's given the life. Okay? So in Ezekiel chapter 36, and this, this is in context, it's talking about the renewal of Israel. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, it says, I will give you a new heart, and I'll put a new, I'll put a new Spirit inside you, I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and I'll give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and you'll be my people and I will be your God. Amen? The Bible also says that out of our innermost being, our inner man will flow rivers of living water. Amen? Anointed streams of ministry to people in your life. Anointed ministry unto the Lord. So this morning, we knew that even before we started worshiping this morning, we knew that because of what was going on in our life and our circumstances, that we were, to, we, are, we were depending this morning. We were totally focused on the Lord. We were ministering unto the Lord, and He was ministering back to us. He's ministering. It's like going round like this. Amen? And so the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and we'll talk more about that in the future, it's not just, you know, God can anoint anything. A donkey spoke. You know, God, can, God used a big fish. He, God can, can use anything, but he, he can use a handkerchief to, to, to an anointed handkerchief for you to take that and give it to someone as a prayer cloth. But what does he really want? He wants to use you. He wants to use me. He wants to use the inner man. He wants to use our inner man as a vessel to contain everything that he everything that His Spirit wants to give us. For, and our vessels are not perfect. They're not perfect. But we can contain the Spirit of life and we can give out of that Spirit to other people. Amen? He wants to use us. And what does He want to use us for? He wants to use us to destroy the works of the evil one and to bless the church. 
Destroy the works of the evil one and bless the church. Hallelujah. Amen. So, what destroys the work of the evil one? Does anyone know? What destroys the works of the evil one? We have all sorts of tools. We have the authority in the name of Jesus. But the presence of God is what drives out evil. Amen? John 1.5, where light is, darkness cannot overtake it, cannot, comp- cannot, cannot um, overcome it. Amen? So wherever God's power is, his presence must be there too. Amen? Wherever his power is. So we can't divorce God's power from his presence. And I'm saying all of this to get back to this real um, issue with our inner man, which hopefully, I hope this message will, will, will find its mark this morning. But they're inseparable. God's presence and his power, are t- you can't divorce them. He's omniscient as well. So it's like, oh, well, um, Gail's using my power this morning. So I'm only going to get 10%. It's like God's power is enough for every single one of you, man. And is it enough power for people beyond this building and all over the world? God's power is enough. It's enough. Amen. Solomon dedicated the temple and fire fell down from heaven and all the people in the temple couldn't stand up because the presence of God was so strong. Can you imagine a day when this happens? Can you imagine a day when, we, when you fall to your knees, when you cannot stand because the presence of the Lord is so strong? Do you know that day, we can accelerate that day by coming to church expecting? As soon as, as, soon as, as, soon as we begin to worship, Father God, let your, let your presence flood this building. Let it flood the building and let your anointing fall like tongues of fire <laughs> like tongues of fire. Amen. When God's presence is manifest to that degree, his, he is glorified. Amen. His glory's on display. Now, yesterday, I have to admit, I, I didn't watch the whole coronation, but, it, but what, I, what I did watch, I had a lump in my throat sometimes. I had a lump in my throat. I, was, I had felt this emotion, and I, and I started to see the, um, you know, I said, we, Linda and I were praying on the way over in the car this morning. We prayed, Lord, we can all l- see something to love and honor in a person. We can always find something to honor and something to love. It doesn't matter what your opinions are. And I, I just, I, I, seen, I, seen, I seen the respect and I seen the honor. And I seen, I seen many things. I seen the sword not signifying um, might, but mercy. I've seen all of these things, and it began to, to touch my heart. And so, even though I was in awe of what was happening there, I, was, I will be even more in awe of the glory of God when it comes. Nothing on earth comes close to that unless God's anointing is working through his creation in some way. Yesterday, they sang that song, Zadok the Priest. And um, I, um, I don't know what the words meant, but Bryn Terfel, that the Welsh singer, oh my, God, God, that, that gift came from God in that man's life that moved, moved people. It was, so, it was so wonderful. 
Romans 6 verse 4 says, Therefore we are buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. What raised Christ from the dead? The glory of the Father. Even so, we should also walk in newness of life. Notice what that says. It was the glory of God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now read Romans chapter 8 verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, us, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Oh, so one says the glory of the father raised Jesus from the dead. Romans 8, 11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead. So we are equating the Holy Spirit with the glory of God. Amen? And I'll always stand to be corrected. But I see that connection there, the Holy Spirit, the power of the Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is present in you. He indwells you. So, God, by His Spirit, has quickened us and He's brought us into His kingdom. And the Holy Spirit has done this the same way as He raised Jesus from death. Isn't that amazing? So that's the, that's the amount of power that's involved. So the inward man, your spirit. Your body is its house. Okay, some, some, some of us need house, home, house maintenance. <laughs> Get the maintenance guy in. We're, we're working on that. We're working on that. We got, we got um, rubber bands this week, this week. You know the rubber bands you use for rubber bands. So if I come in with a big red line across my face, <laughs> you know it's gone wrong. And so we are this house and the spirit dwells inside us. The real you is the one I can't see with my physical eyes. It's the, it's the, it's, it can only be seen spiritually. And when we're born again, like there's been people born again in this place recently, a transformation begins to take place. You've already been set free, and now you're progressively being set free from everything that has you bound up over the years. So who the sun sets free is free indeed. And now we're being progressively, we're putting those old things behind us. There are people... No one in this church, and Pastor Tom says that all the time to his church, nobody here, there are people that are still bound up. They've been Christians for many, many years, but they're still bound up in the things of the past. Now, there's a new self and an old self. The old self would never have had any pleasure in serving God, let alone knowing God. The old self is a spirit that has not been regenerated, okay? It's an unregenerated spirit. That spirit has to be let go. It has to be released so that you can take hold of God and the things of God. Your new self, your born-again spirit, it should delight in serving God. It should. It should delight in having fellowship with God, Romans chapter 7, verse 22, it says, this is Paul, and we all know Paul had this big wrestling match between the flesh and the spirit. It says, for I delight in the law of God according to the inner man. If we do not delight ourselves in the Lord, my question is, 
where are we in it with our salvation? Where, where are we? Uh, uh, one time there was this message called miserably saved. You know, it's like, are, are you really saved? Well, I, I believe that God, God enriches our lives with joy and peace and all these things. And I know, I, I, know I'm, I'm, I don't want to be harsh, but I know that this is touching a, a root with people in their lives. And I know people desire to serve the Lord with great delight. It's not always easy. People can read us. My spirit, my inner man's not visible, but the fruit that my life produces, you guys can all see it. And I can see the fruit in your lives. Isn't that right? And so um, I have to um, develop something out of my life that's pleasing to God. Do you want to live a life pleasing to God, church? Okay. We want to live a life pleasing to God. Amen. So how do I produce something out of my life that is pleasing to God? I've got to do something with my inner man. All right? So I develop my inner man by being in his word and drawing near to him. How do I draw near to him? I pray and we worship and we have fellowship and communion. Amen? So already you're like, well, those two elements are not even present in my life. Well, if we can change that and begin to bring the word in and drawing near, we're, you're already you've already turned a corner. Amen? As we read the word, we renew our minds, and our inner man draws strength from the word. Our outer man looks totally beat up after fasting and getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning to pray, and apart from those people who love getting up at 5 a.m., of course. But our outer man looks totally haggard, but the inner man's drawing strength. Drawing strength all the time. And so as we begin to pray, we begin to get a revelation of ourselves. The Holy Spirit reveals our true spiritual condition to us. And my true spiritual condition hasn't looked nice in periods of my life. It looked off. It's, it's been ugly. And so the Holy Spirit begins to shed light on the dark areas of our inner man. And we have to entrust the Holy Spirit with our hearts as he begins to help us to pray. And we break those barriers in prayer. Oh, Pastor David, I can't pray. I don't know how to pray. I, I, just talk to God and pour out your innermost being and, and do it in a quiet, private place. And if you can't pray, go to the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, and begin to use, pray that repeatedly until you begin to pray out of the Lord's Prayer. That'll really help you. And start with five minutes. Put five minutes in your diary every day to get up. And if the kids are, or I was going to say the wife, or the, or the hubby says, oh, we're going to do this. Honey, I just need some time. We can all carve out some time in our day. Amen? So we be, the, the Holy Spirit begins to help, help us to connect with God and begins to set us free so that we can be vessels for God's glory. A vessel is something that someone can fill. If it's already full of something that's polluted and not so good, we need to empty that vessel and have an empty vessel for God to fill up. Amen? And so 
the word of God, our, God's will and plan and purpose for our life begins to be revealed to us in our inner man, and we begin to come alive. We can only, con- a lot of people these days and young people, because I work in, in schools, and I talk to many young people who are very curious about spiritual things, supernatural things, um, extra whatever, paranormal things, they're very curious about that. And the reality is it's only the spirit that can, that, can, that can be involved in the spirit realm. Okay? So it's with our spirit that we contact the spiritual things of the kingdom with the Lord. And a lot of people get stuck in Christianity for a long time trying to figure it all out in their head. I want to understand this. I, can't, I want to comprehend this. When I've got this all sorted out in my head, then I'll believe and it doesn't work. We have to believe by faith. We have to have faith. And so we, we can't understand the Word of God intellectually because the Word wasn't written by intellectuals. The Word was written by ordinary men under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So we, if we try and connect, if you're, if you're a scholar and an intellectual, I don't know how successfully you will really connect with the Spirit of God. Amen? And so as such, the inner man remains bound up and a slave to the outer man and not the other way around. And that's something that we need to break. So let the outer man be subject to the inner man. Amen. Romans 8, chapter 12 to 17. If you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you'll live. Amen. You didn't receive a spirit of bondage. You received a spirit of life. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, witnesses with your inner man that you're a child of God. You're a child of God, Lewis. You're a son of the Most High God. You're a child of God. How do, I, how do you know that? Because I feel the Holy Spirit. I feel, I feel that I can trust that. I know I am. I know I am. And I want to say that young men, especially young men and young women, but young men, the, 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 the future, the years ahead of us, we need really strong young men grounded in the Word of God who are, who are not afraid to stand up for what they believe in. I really believe that, that um, there's an army rising up, young men and women. And I know, that, uh, I know that that's on the hearts of people like Stephen and Karis and people out that are preaching the word throughout the land, that we're f- beginning to focus and we're not forgetting anybody, but we're begin- beginning to realize that there's a generation coming up. They need to be reached. They need to be reached. And so, so we didn't receive this spirit of bondage. And so our spirits, our unregenerate spirits are dead to Christ before we were born again. And this, like, you know, I've sp- spoken to the people that have given their lives to Jesus here recently. They felt different. Something has changed in you, hasn't it? Something is different. And, you know, the nature of God is not ours until we were created in the image and likeness of God, but the nature of God is not ours until salvation, until that born again uh, experience. The potential has always been there. It just needs to be released 
And the born again, the new birth releases that. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside you. In Ephesians 2, verse 1, it says, He made you alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. You once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Amen. We fulfilled the, I'm I'm, I'm ad-libbing, we fulfilled the desires of our flesh and the mind and our natures were, un, were unregenerate. Amen? When you think about it, when your inner man becomes dependent on God and begins to confess what it has and what it is in him, it begins to reach a place where it can't contradict God's word. I'm going to close with this, but I really, I, there's, there's too much today. I knew there was going to be too much today. What's, why? But this, I believe this is, going to, this is going to help us this morning regarding the inner man. When our inner man becomes dependent on God, when it begins to believe in and confess on the things that God has given us and what we are, okay, it begins to reach a place where your inner man cannot contradict God's word. Where am I going with this? Your recreated spirit can't worry about tomorrow because it's been recreated. Your recreated spirit is not afraid of death. Your recreated spirit begins to process information from your environment in a different way to its ever done before. It shifts from dependence on your natural five senses and a brain that processes information according to its natural environment. It switches to depending on the Holy Spirit. So when we say be anxious for nothing, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow is full of, you know, it's got enough to worry about. The re, your, the, your recreated spirit inside of you has the victory over habits. Your recreated spirit inside of you has the victory already. All we need to do with that inner man is to, is to believe it, walk in it, re, keep renewing our mind drawing close to God, staying in the Word, and it sounds easy, doesn't it? 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness. He cannot know them because they are spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians 6.20, you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are the Lord's. Amen. So today I hope that that has helped some of us. Maybe we just needed a refresher of the, the, the inner and the outer man and how the inner man is, is, is changing. You're letting go of the, of the past and now is able to be an, the overcomer lives inside you. The superman lives inside of you. And so you truly can say, I'm not going to worry about tomorrow because my recreated spirit, my inner man, does not worry because the spirit of life lives in you and the spirit of life does not get, is not afraid of death. The spirit of life is not afraid of the future, whatever that may bring. And so after you've been saved, I don't know what you guys did, you know, but when I was, I was only 12, but there wasn't much follow-through after my salvation experience. In fact, I was promptly sent to boarding school. 
<laughs> you know, there you go. And if it wasn't for the Gideons, I would have been in boarding school. I had a, I had a, a Bible with tiny print. I couldn't read it. And then the Gideons came to school and gave us all Bibles. And that little green Gideon's Bible, it became something I slept with under my pillow. Everywhere I went, that little Gideon's Bible went. And so when, you know, when we're saved, we just need to bring our, understand that our flesh is going to try and keep you. It's like my dad says, crab in a barrel. Whenever, you're, whenever your regenerated spirit tries to go forward in the Lord, the old man tries to pull it back down. But you know what? Your spirit inside you is willing, but the flesh might be weak. And I, I pray today that you'll overcome the battle with your flesh. Whenever the flesh pulls you into a place and you're like, I'm ready, and this maybe is a place, it's a comfort thing or it, whatever, I believe and I declare in the name of Jesus that you will be set free from those things. Amen. The flesh is the weakest link. The flesh is the weakest link. So we can strengthen these other, we can strengthen this chain by prayer, being in the word, being with your family, encouraging one another. We strengthen that chain so that the weakest link does not give way to the flesh. Amen. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And once you've done everything to stand, keep on standing. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.